Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. past, um, what was it, Thursday evening, I guess, we were having class 101, so I was in here teaching class 101 to the new members, and obviously the band was in here practicing and playing, and, uh, and, and when they got done, they gathered around the piano and started singing some of these old songs, and uh, that was one they were singing, but while they were singing that song, I was thinking about that spiritual window. Uh, have you ever, um, I don't know, in this life, sometimes the struggles get kind of difficult, kind of hard. And aren't you glad that the Lord reveals sometimes to us that, and reminds us that life is just not about this life? Uh, it's about really the next. This is just a preparation stage for what He has in store for us. And, uh, and one day, for those who have accepted Christ as their Savior, uh, we're going to be with the Lord forever and forever and forever and forever in that wonderful new heaven and new earth that He's going to prepare for us. So as I was thinking along those lines, my heart and my mind went back to the book of Revelation. I thought, well, I think I want to try to share that with you guys today. So today I want to just explore, and that's the title of my message today, just to explore this new home. So let's go exploring a little bit today. Uh, matter of fact, um, I've put together some material and stuff on this, and uh, I really put too much material together for one message. Uh, so I'm going to speak on this today and next Sunday. So it's going to be a part one and a part two as we start exploring a little bit about this new home that we're going to be moving into one day. Now, whenever we move into a new home around here, we get real excited, don't we? We go in there. If it's a home that's already built and someone else has lived there, obviously we go in there and we start painting and fixing up and cleaning and decorating and kind of making it our home. Uh, but the Lord is gone to prepare a home for us. And that's sometimes I think we forget about that. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth that's being prepared. There's mansions that are being prepared for each and every one of us. Not a, I know the old southern gospel song talks about a cabin on the hillside or a cabin down by the creek. But God's not building us a cabin. He's building us a mansion. Amen. He's building us a new home. And I want to try to just explore a little bit and try to encourage you a little bit. And uh, sometimes we get in the, the routine of Sunday after Sunday and work day after work day and week after week. And we kind of get in this thing called a rut. And by the way, you know what a rut is, don't you? It's a grave with both ends kicked out. So occasionally we got to get out of the rut, right? Uh, there's something far more in store for us as believers than just the everyday life that we're living here. And so I want to draw your attention to Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 22. And we're going to glean a little bit uh, from these two chapters uh, today and next Sunday when we gather together. Now, I do not have the scripture for you. This is, you're just going to get the references on the screen. So I want to encourage you to take your Bibles and follow along with me. I will be reading out of the New King James. I know our default translation is the Holman, uh, but I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version for some personal uh, ref, uh, preferences, I guess, as we start unpacking this. And I want to read from this translation. Now, I want to encourage you, 
If you have a, a digital copy of the Bible, whether it's on your uh, Android devices or your Apple devices, whatever they may be, I want you to download the Logos Bible Software app. And when you download that app, uh, then I want you to follow or get, be sure you're online here at Victory Church through our free Wi-Fi that we offer, and then follow the Victory services. And then each time a screen like this comes up, see that little icon on the lower right-hand corner that's in parentheses there? That means it's sending out a signal to you, okay? And all you have to do then, as you're, if you're following the service, is push this reference verse, and it would automatically take you in the Bible to those particular passages of Scripture, okay? So that's something we have for you every week, and I don't know if everyone's aware of that, uh, but it's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. You just have to download the app from your app store, the Logos Bible software app. It's a wonderful Bible app. It's free. doesn't cost you anything, and you can follow our services here at Victory Church on that particular application and it sends out signals matter of fact whenever the offering is being taken up there's a signal and you can push that and it takes you straight to our online giving side and you can actually give online there so there's a lot of neat things that come through this um this presentation but anytime you see uh in the lower right hand corner the little signal icon you know that's something for you to click on and here it's going to be revelation 21 and 22 you click there and it's going to take you to that passage of scripture get it Got it? Good. All right. Revelation 21. Why don't we pray together and then uh, we'll just get in here and we're just going to glean and start unpacking and exploring a little bit out of, uh, out of, about this new home uh, that we're all going to one day, okay? I should say all of those that have made preparation are going to one day. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the reminder that this world that we live in is certainly not our home. We're just pilgrims. We're just sojourners. We're just passing through. And, Father, help us to realize that our home is, is still being prepared. And, God, when you make the final preparations of that new home, and you're going to come back and you're going to receive us, and, and we're going to enter into that new place. And, Father, we're so looking forward to that. We look around in our world today, our culture, our society, and, and Father, it's a mess. I mean, it's absolutely a mess. And, God, we're glad we're going one day to a place that's perfect to a place where there's no more weeping, no crying, no heartache, no tears, no sorrow, no death, no sickness. And Father, we're so looking forward to that place. And Lord, I just pray you speak to our hearts today and help us to know that the things that I'm going to share today, as we look into some of the citizens of this new place, as we look into some of the provisions of this new place, help us to know that this new place, this new home that you are preparing for us, it's only for those who have made preparation here on this earth. And my prayer is, God, that we will all make those preparations. Thank you for the ones that have already made those preparations. And if there's one here today that has not, my prayer is that today would be the day that they would make those preparations. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Revelation chapter 21. I'm just going to begin reading. I'm really going to unpack verses 24 through 27 today. That's where I'm going to park. But I want to put it in context, and I want to read to you out of Revelation 21, starting verse number 1. We're just going to read this chapter, okay? So follow along with me. It's some lengthy reading, but it's some very good reading. Matter of fact, there is a, there's a promise that's given to the individual that studies the book of Revelation, that there's wonderful blessings that you'll receive out of it. So there's just blessings in reading 
the scripture, especially Revelation 21, as we start seeing this, this new heaven, this new earth that the Lord is preparing for us. In Revelation 21 and verse 1, it says, Now I saw a new heaven. Now, who is the I? We've got to figure out some things here. We're going to have a hard time understanding this. Who is the I? The I is John, John the Revelator, the Apostle John, okay? He's the one that was called up and taken up to show this new heaven, and the Lord told him to write these things, pin down these things, get this vision intact so that you can pass it on to my people. I want them to know some things, okay? So that's what's taking place. Now I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. And then I, there it is, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he would dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death nor sorrow nor crying and there will be no more pain for the former things are passed away and the church should say hallelujah right there right think about that have you experienced some pain have you experienced some heartache have you cried some tears have you gone through some sorrows in this life. Listen, guys, we're going to a place where there is no more pain, sorrow, tears, heartache, crying, no death, no sickness. I know that's hard to get our arms around, but that's the place we're going to. And we're also going to the place where God himself is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Now, I've got a sermon about the tears that the Lord is wiping away, and I can't preach that one to you right now, but my mind sure goes there. God God's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more pain for the former things that passed away. Verse 5, then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things, what? New. Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these things are true and faithful. Now, why did the Lord have to tell John to write? Hadn't he already told him to write? Yeah, he had already told him to write, but here's what happened. John is seeing this, and John is hearing this, and John is getting this, this, this record from the Lord, and John now is amazed at what he's already experienced and what he's already seen, what he is hearing. And I can't help but maybe he's, he's just standing there astonished, maybe somewhat numb, and the Lord has to remind him, John, write these things. Write these things down, he says to him in verse 6. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But the cowardly and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the sexually immoral and the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, guys, we're going to be talking a little bit about heaven here for the next two Sundays, today and next Sunday. But I want you to understand 
as sure as there is a heaven, there is also a hell. And as sure as there are people that are going to heaven, there are also people that are going to hell. As sure as there are people that are going to spend an eternity in heaven, there's also people that are going to spend an eternity in hell. Listen, folks, if heaven was not real and if hell is not real, we are wasting our time here this morning. Can I, can I get a witness? If heaven is not real and if hell is not real, what in the world are we doing here? Why aren't we tailgating to some football game right now? Right? Let me tell you why I'm not tailgating to some football game right now. Because heaven is real and hell is real. Right? And we need to gather together. We need to preach that message. We need to warn everyone around us. Listen, we must make preparation for heaven. You don't stumble into heaven. You don't accidentally get there. You make preparation. You prepare your heart. You prepare yourself to get there. Can I get a witness? Verse number 9. Look what he says. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God and having the glory of God. And her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And also, also she had a great and a high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates and names written on them which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. And now the wall of the city had twelve foundations. On them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city and its gates and its walls. And the city is laid out as a square and its length as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length and its breadth and the height are equal. And then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of man, that is, of an angel. And the construction of, wall, of its walls was of jasper. And the city was pure gold. Like clear glass. Oh, church, can you, get a, can you let your imagination go here and get a, get a vision of what this beautiful new Jerusalem, this new city, this place called heaven that is made out of? The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. And the first foundation was jasper. The second was sapphire. The third was chalcedony. I may not say that correctly. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sardox. The sixth, Sardis, the seventh, Chrysolite, the eighth, Beryl, the ninth, Topaz, the tenth, Chryso, somebody help me. Anyway, you get these stones, right? You got me? Listen, don't, don't laugh. I'll get you up here to read some of this stuff, right? <laughs> the twelve gates were twelve pearls, which each individual gate was one pearl. I like that part. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass, but I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Verse 24, here's where I'm going to park a little while today. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut all day by day. There shall be no night there. And, all, or, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Verse 27. 
But there shall be no means enter into anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only, everybody say only. There's some things that are not going to be there. Look at verse 27. There's, there shall by no means enter into anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. There's going to be things that are not going to be there. And then it says in the latter part of that verse, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So to make this, this whole sermon really, really short, the question is, is your name in the Lamb's book of life? And if it isn't, then you're not going to be there. Okay? So let's talk about a couple things here. Now I'm really just going to park in verses 24 down through verse number 27. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this, this new Jerusalem, this heavenly Jerusalem. But particularly, I want to talk to you about the citizens of this city. So let's look a little bit into the citizens of this city. And let me share with you about six things about the citizens of this city that we pull straight out of this text in verses 24 through 27. Next Sunday, I'm going to continue into chapter 22, and I'm going to talk to you about some of the provisions that are there for the citizens of the city. But I want us to talk about primarily the citizens in this city. Six things I want to share with you real quickly. And I won't have time to go really in depth in all of this. But I just want to hit the highlights and share with you some things that we glean from these three verses of Scripture about the citizens of this city. First of all, I want you to see in verse number 24 that they are from earthly nations. They are from earthly nations. Look what it says in verse number 24. And the nations of those who are saved. Now I want you to understand that those that are saved and those that are in this heavenly city, that they are saved from all nations of the earth. And that should remind us once again that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not just for America only. Right? The gospel is for all ends of the earth. The gospel is for every person that's breathing in any nation of the world that they may be living in. It's not just a privilege for the United States of America to have the gospel, although it is a wonderful privilege. But it's a privilege for everyone to experience. No matter where you're from, I want you to see that and the nations of those who are saved. That the gospel is a universal call to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Jesus died for the sins of the entire world. Jesus died for the sins of everyone that has ever been born, that has ever walked on the face of this earth, past, present, and any newborn that's going to be born tomorrow or the days following. Christ died for the entire world. Get this. The entire world is potentially saved. The potential is there for them to be saved. The plan of salvation has been laid out for all people from all walks of life, from all skin colors, from all races, from all ethnic backgrounds. Therefore, we can't say it's for a particular group of people. No, the gospel is for everyone. Everybody say everyone. 
right? And here we see that the nations of those who are saved are gathered into this heavenly city. They are part of the citizenship of this city because they've trusted Christ as their Savior. So I just want you to see that. I just want to point that out, that they are from earthly nations. Also, in verse number 24, I want you to look what it says. Also, they walk in the light of the city. Look, if you will, in verse 24. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. I believe what that is implying, and we already know that Scripture says that God and the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, they are what illuminates the city, right? They are what shines. I mean, just like the sun shines here, you know what we really are as the church? We're not the sun. We're really the moon. The moon does nothing but reflect the light from the sun here in our solar system, right? Well, here, if you will, in heaven, in this new heaven, is going to be God and Jesus himself illuminating the entire city. And I want you to see that they, now that they are the citizens of the city, they walk in the light of this city. And I believe that can mean something like this, that they are walking in the glory of God. Think about that, if you will, church. They are walking in the glory of God. But not only that, they're walking in the knowledge of God. They're, heaven's going to be a place of learning. There we're going we're to learn more and our, our mind is going to be so open and to be able to receive really the things of God and to learn so much. And so we're going to be walking in that light. We're going to be walking in the glory of God. We're going to be walking in the knowledge of God. We're going to be walking in the perfection of purity and the perfection of righteousness and the perfection of wisdom whenever we get there in that new Jerusalem. Amen? Think about that if you will. A lot of times people think about heaven, and as I've said in the past, and I'll say it again, we we just think we're just like Casper, the friendly ghost, just floating around on the cloud. No, 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 no. It's a literal place where we're going. I didn't spend any time really talking to you about how the city was built. That's all in, in chapter 21 that I just read to you. It's a literal place. That's why. Let me ask you this. Whenever you write the place where you live, call out the city where you live. Everybody, on on the count of three, call out the city where you live. One, two, three. Okay, I heard everything. Belleville, O'Fallon, Mascuda, Lebanon. I heard all kinds of cities. Shiloh. Let me ask you. Whenever you're writing the name of the city that you live, do you write it with a small or an uppercase letter? The first letter. Uppercase. Why? Because it is... It's a place, right? Whenever you reference heaven, I believe you need to write it with a capital H because it is a place. It is a literal place where we are going. And we're going to be walking in the light of that city, in the glory, in the knowledge, in the purity, in the righteousness, in the wisdom of God, walking around in the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? Are you getting it? Sometimes it's hard to comprehend, I know, but get a hold of this. Also, the third thing is this. I want you to see also in verse number 24, we find something else. In verse 24, we find that they, or we as believers, are kings who bring their glory and honor into the city. Look in verse number 24. It says, And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor 
into it. Who are these kings? Well, I believe that's believers. Because what's going to be happening is, I think it implies two things here. The two things that I think it implies here, number one, is that believers, as Scripture teaches us, will rule and reign with Christ. So we're going to rule and reign with Christ. You remember the promise that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 23? Listen to what he says here. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you what? Ruler over many things. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then in Romans 8, 17, the scripture says, And if we are children, then we are heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So here we're going to be ruling with him. And here we're going to see that believers will rule and reign with Christ. But the second thing I want you to see is this. It also implies that believers will bring their glory and their honor into the city and they will give all of their glory and all of their honor to the Lord who gave it to them initially. So they're going to be giving back. Hold on. You know what I see here? I see a beautiful picture of the saint of God, the believer today, as we gather together in worship and it comes time for the offering. And we're giving back to God what he has given to us. You may say, no, 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 preacher. I worked hard for this money. No, no. Who allowed your heart to beat one more time? Who gave you the, the air to breathe? And by the way, it's not even your air. It doesn't belong to you. Who allows you to breathe it? God did. It's his. He created all of this. So everything that I have, even in my possessions, it all belongs to God. The only reason I can even have it is because of him. And why would I not want to bring my tithe and my offering and give back to the God who's given me so much here on this earth? But here we see the same thing taking place in heaven. We see these believers. We see these ones that have been appointed kings over the earth. That periodically they are gathering themselves together on these special occasions and they are entering back into the city and here they're assembling together to bring and give their glory and their honor back into the Lord. In Romans 11, 33 through 36, listen to what this says. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, and how unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of God? Or who has become His counselor? Get this. Or who has first given to Him, and it shall be repaid to Him? For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. That's just reminding us that everything that we have has been given to us by God. And here in this new kingdom, in this new heaven, if you will, in this new city, these kings are periodically from the earth are going to come in and they're going to give their glory and their honor back to the Lord. Fourth thing I see here as we talk about these six things we see about the citizens of the city. Number four, get this. We find this in verse number 25. They will have constant, unbroken access to God. They will have constant, unbroken 
access to God. Look in verse 25. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, for there will be no night there. It's not going to have a, time, it's not going to have a closing time where the gates are locked up and nobody's in the office. It will always be open. We will always have a constant, unbroken fellowship with God. We'll have perfect access to God. No need for sleep. No need for, getting, for resting. Why? Because that's all part of the curse. You remember? Part of the curse. Remember, the work is not the curse. We talked about that last week. What is the curse? The curse now is you're going to get tired when you work. Well, guess what? There's no curse in heaven. God's wiped all that away. So that means you're not going to get tired. So that means we don't need a time to sleep. We don't need naps. Amen? As I'm getting older, the more I realize in this life, we need naps. Hello? I used to never nap in my 20s and 30s. and I started maybe my late 40s. I started learning the value of a good nap. But really not much. Man, it seems like all of a sudden I can't. It gets two o'clock and it's like kunk. It's hard to press through those afternoon hours, isn't it? It's not going to be like that in heaven. There's going to be no need to rest there. There's going to be no night there. No need to sleep there. The city is always going to be vibrant and open and glowing with the glory from God Himself. Perfect access to God. You got to understand also, we will have perfect bodies. We will have perfect strength whenever we get to heaven. To be with the Lord. So we're going to have this constant access. Unbroken access to the city. Go in anytime you want to. Bask in His glory anytime you want to. Church, are you getting this at all? You you understand this is where we're going one day. This is what it's going to be like. I tell you, and a lot of folks kind of get all caught up on their houses and homes and everything down here. I have not seen a house here that holds a candle to what the Lord is preparing for us. Amen? I mean, even in those homes... They're going to decay. They're still going to have weeds out in the grass. I don't care how many chemicals you put down. The weeds are still coming. And that place, no weeds. Weeds are part of the curse. Hello? It's going to be beautiful. Oh, church, get this. Let me give you the fifth thing about these citizens. Number five. They, or we, get this. We were bringing the glory and the honor of our nations into the city. Now get this in verse 26. It just simply says, And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Now this is continuing the point that I just made earlier. But there's going to be that worship. There's going to be that honoring, bringing all of our possessions, laying them at His feet, our crowns, our jewels, our honor, our glory, everything that we've received. We're laying it at His feet, giving it back to the Lord. I pity the child of God who lives in this life that doesn't have a heart to give. Because in heaven, you're going to be giving everything. Everything. So you need to learn how to give here. You need to learn how to give your tithe here. You need to learn how to give your offering here. You need to learn how to give your last dollar in the name of Jesus here and trust Him to take care of you. Because when you get to heaven, you're going to give everything to Him. Oh, I know that didn't set well, but it's true. I pity the person who is so self-centered and self-absorbed. And we see Christians like that in this world. The whole world revolves around them. That's not what it's about in heaven. 
It doesn't revolve around you or me, right? It revolves around the Lord. And here we find that we're going to bring all the glory and the honor of the nations. We're going to bring those in to this city. Periodic times of celebration. Now, I don't know logistically how all of that's going to happen. God does. But it certainly implies here that the kings that are out ruling the earth and working for the Lord and serving for Him, I don't know, maybe the Lord will allow me to be the mayor of Mascuda one day. I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm going to be working somewhere for Him, right? So if you don't like to work, get ready. All of eternity is going to be working. But you're going to enjoy this work. Because we'll be working for the Lord. That's why you need to work now as you're working to the Lord. Because you're going to spend all eternity working for the Lord. Are you with me? And the paychecks, when you get them, we're bringing them in to the city. And we're honoring the Lord. We're having these periodic times of celebration. That's what it says in verse 26. And look at verse 27, the sixth and the final thing, and I'll be done. These citizens of this city, they will be guaranteed... A perfect life and service there. Who in the world can offer that? There's not one politician running for president today. I don't care what party you're on or in or involved in or who you're listening to or who you're following. There's not one presidential candidate, former, present, or future, that can promise you a perfect life. There's only one that I know, and that's because he is perfect, and that's God. And he is sinless, and that's his son Jesus, right? This perfect life. Look what it says in verse 27. Now, I want you to let this settle in your heart. And I want you to see this ought to do two things. Number one, it should convict us. And number two, it should hurt us a little. To know that there are people that will not be there. Now, this is not what I'm saying. It's what the Word is saying. Look in verse 27. But there shall by no means... Say no means. There, But there shall by no means enter it anything. Anything. Anything that defiles... Or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. In this new city, the guarantee is it's a perfect city. And you will have a perfect life there. And the guarantee is... There will not be one thing that will defile this city. Now, what he's simply saying there, anything that defiles the city would be anything that would enter the city that is unwashed of its sins. There will be no sin there. Sin defiles us. It separates us from God. We're going to a place where there is no sin. There will be nothing there that will defile us. It also says there will be nothing there that causes an abomination. There will be nothing there 
that causes shame. That is, anything that is immoral will not be there. Now, guys, this book teaches that no immorality of any kind will enter into that city. It doesn't matter if it's accepted in this lifestyle. It does not matter what's accepted in this world or even if they make laws saying it's okay. In this city, there will be nothing there but perfect sinlessness. Nothing immoral will be there. Nothing shameful will be there. It also goes on to say in verse number 27, it says, or anything that lies. So liars will not be there. Deceivers will not be there. Immorality will not be there. Sin will not be there. Are you with me, church? It's a perfect city. And we are guaranteed a perfect life there. So let me close with this. I'm going to ask the band to come. I'm done today talking about the citizens. Here's what I want to ask you. And here's the statement I want to make. And here's how I want to bring it all together. Heaven, I want you to understand, folks, this city that we're talking about is a prepared city for a prepared people. You'll not stumble into this city. You'll make preparations for this city. You won't accidentally wind up there. As a matter of fact, the old saying used to be back in the day that all roads led to Rome. Well, that may have been true of Rome, but that's not true of heaven. And by the way, friends, all religions don't end up in heaven. There's only one way to get to heaven. And it's not a Baptist way or a Methodist way or a Lutheran way or a Catholic way or any other religion or denomination you want to put in there. It's none of those ways. There's only one way to become a citizen of this city. And that is the Jesus way. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 6. Let's begin in verse number 1. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you in like manner, so that where I am, there you may be also. But Thomas asked him, Lord, how can we know which way you're going? How can we know the way? And Jesus said in verse number 6, Thomas, speaking to us all, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, guys, let that sink in. No man. The divine imperative is the word the. He did not say that I am a way. He said I am the way. If he would have said I am a way, that is implying that there are many ways. But Jesus said, ah, there's one way. I'm it. I am the way. Another divine imperative, I am the truth. Not, a, not I am a truth. Implying that there's many truths out there. No, no, no. He said, 
There's only one truth. I'm it. I am the way. The truth. The other divine imperative is I am the life. Right? The life. And guys, if we want to experience this city that we've read about in Revelation 21, if we want to interact as one of the citizens of this city, then what we've got to do is prepare our hearts and accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Because apart from Him, folks, we have no hope whatsoever. We have no way in the world we can enter into this city. I also like in Acts chapter 1, in verse number 11, this is the ascension of Jesus after His resurrection. And after He had walked on the earth for the 40 days after His resurrection, and He's ascending back to the Father, and He ascends and goes up in the clouds and goes back to God. And the men of Galilee were standing around just gazing up into the heavens like, what just happened? They're awestruck. And the angel of the Lord says, men of Galilee, in verse 11, Acts chapter 1, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? He says, this same Jesus. I like that. This same Jesus that has been taken up from you shall so come again in like manner to call you unto his own. So the point is, get busy. Carry out the commission that he's left for you. Live for him. Serve him. Love him. Because church, he is coming again. And I don't care how long it's been preached. And you may say, preacher, I've heard that my entire life. Listen, the fact that he has not come as of yet has nothing to do with the promise that he is coming. He is coming again. This place that I read about in Revelation 21 is a real place. These citizens that I gave you six descriptions of are real citizens. Hopefully, they're you and they're me that are living this out one day in this perfect city, this new Jerusalem. But God's the only way, the only way. It's not a, it's not a church way. It's not a baptism way. It's not a communion way. It's not a church membership way. It's not a religious way. It's a way when you say, God, I've sinned. And I believe that your son Jesus is the perfect, sinless son of God. That he lived on this earth for 33, 33 and a half years. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross. He died there for me. He paid my sin debt there. The book of Isaiah, Isaiah says that God laid on him, being Jesus, the sins or the iniquity of us all. Before we were even born, he died for us and he paid our sin debt. And he died there. Scripture says, teaches us that he was buried Three days later, he came out victoriously. We celebrate that every Easter. And he walked around and he was seen by multitudes and hundreds. And he ate and he fellowshiped in that glorified body. And we're going to have a body likened unto his, a perfect body. So we're going to be eating and fellowship and drinking and carrying on in heaven. We're going to be having a good time there. We're going to be working there. But only if we have come to the foot of the cross and we have said, Lord... Forgive me of my sins. 
I repent of my sins. And by the way, when I repent of my sins, it implies that I'm going this direction. I get to the cross. I realize that I have sinned. I am now going to turn from that old way of living. And I'm walking now in the newness of Christ. I'm no longer the old man living in the flesh, walking in the flesh, carrying out the desires of the flesh. But I'm now walking in this newness of life, living for Christ. So... I wonder as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Let me ask you this question, church. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? I'm not asking if you're a church member. And I'm so thankful for the members of Victory Church and that make up our church family. And There's a lot of reasons why you need to be a member. But more importantly, I'm asking you, are you a son or daughter of Jesus Christ? Have you come to the foot of the cross and ask Christ to forgive you of your sins, to wash you in His blood, figuratively speaking, spiritually speaking, and clothe you in the righteousness of Christ? If you haven't done that, let me pray with you right now. Just simply pray a prayer like this from your heart. Just say, Dear God, I realize that I have sinned. And I want to be part of this city and forgive me for my sins. I repent of them. Forgive me. Wash me in the blood that was shed at Calvary. I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You were buried. You rose again. And right now, Lord, I pray you come into my heart. You be my Lord and you be my Savior. I give you my life right now in Jesus' name. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you need to refocus, reprioritize. Father, I pray for that one right now that's praying and asking you to forgive them, rededicating their heart and their life to you. Lord, forgive them, bless them, be with them. Give them the assurance of their salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me share something with you here. If you've prayed, and just keep playing. If you if you prayed to receive Christ as your Savior or to rededicate your life, I want you to let us know about tearing off this connection card and writing your name and your email address on there. And then just check the box on the next step. I made a decision to follow Christ today. Or I rededicated my life to Christ today. And then drop this in our connection box as you leave the service today in the foyer out there. Just drop it in there. And I just want to follow up with you. I want to pray for you. I want to send you some materials. I want to help you in this journey of faith that you're living, this walk in the Lord. So fold it up and drop it in there. And my secretary and I will get that. And I want to follow up with you that way. But I like this analogy. And I'm going to close with this. A little boy was at church and he heard the preacher pray and ask Jesus to come into his heart. And when he got home, he said, Dad, he said, that preacher said that I was supposed to pray and, and has, ask Jesus into my heart. And he said, Dad, how big was Jesus? And he said, well, I don't know exactly how tall he was or what he weighed, but he was a full-size man. And this little boy said, well, Dad, he said, if I ask Jesus into my heart, just a little boy, 
and He comes into my heart, then that means that Jesus is going to be sticking out all over. You get it? When we are walking in our Christian life, you know what should be happening? Jesus should be sticking out all over. He should be seen in our lives. In the way we act, the way we react, the way we love and care for one another, the way we extend grace and mercy to others because God has extended it to us, the way that we share our faith with others because thankfully somebody shared the gospel with us, right? Jesus should be sticking out all over in our lives. So why don't you leave this week with that little story of that little boy asking his dad how big Jesus was and how he should be sticking out all over. And let's let Jesus stick out all over in our life this week, okay? Let's talk to somebody about the Lord this week, all right? Are you going to sing a little bit of that? Sing a little bit of that. And now I'm looking through a spirit. She doesn't have a microphone. something else as we depart. Father, thank you for our time together today. We ask your blessings on each one that's here and thank you, Lord, for your word and how it teaches us that heaven is a real place for a real people. And God, hopefully and prayerfully, everyone in this auditorium will be part of the citizenship of that wonderful city, that perfect city, and we can live that perfect life there. Father, thank you for the plan of salvation. It's all based on you, not based on me. Thank you for salvation. Bless each one that's here today. Help them have a wonderful, blessed week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. 
come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.